0: Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the State of the Net podcast. Uh, I'm Paolo Vellemarín. And I'm Ewan Semple. And we are the fanboys. <laughs> unashamedly, up front. Yeah, it, only, it always takes half an hour to start recording this, because we're always running the latest beta version <laughs> of
1: everything. And nothing just works. <laughs>
0: it's so good it's so exciting i mean i i really enjoyed this but um last week i had an important presentation that i had to to do on zoom with like a dozen people on the other side Mm -hmm. and everything was set up everything was ready everything was working and then a thunderstorm come and the power goes away (laughs) and there's no power in the house and we call them and they say we're going to restore it like 12 hours later so and this is like two hours to the presentation I said what do i do i need to find another place where i can find wi-fi i could i asked my dad do you have wi-fi at the office oh yes we have but the wi-fi is not good we use ether ethernet i said there's nowhere i can plug an Ethernet cable in my mac so i go to my in-laws in trieste i drive to trieste i get there I set up my mac and set up my ipad and i decide to Use the iPad as a second screen, so I can run the presentation. You know, I have Presenter Note on my computer and the presentation on the on the screen, and then I start the Zoom call, and then it is here to share the screen that is shared to mm-hmm. the iPad. Mm-hmm. That was a bit too much. Yes. I mean,
1: but I think that's, that's part of Zoom, isn't it? It doesn't like you to do that. Uh, it it was. I
0: mean, I don't know. It was a combination of yeah. things, but basically everything stopped amazingly my voice was still going through so <laughs> it takes a lot
1: to <laughs> stop you talking Paul that's been said before <laughs>
0: yeah so I kept going through the thing without being able to change slides or it would change like, like five minutes later. <laughs> I couldn't read my <laughs> presenter notes. I mean, it was awful. Oh um, it, it, it kind of turned out okay anyway, but uh, Ooh, you know when they say you shouldn't be running this thing on a production
1: on machine, yeah, yeah. Totally. Production machine. Yeah,
0: yeah. probably that's what they mean.
1: Well, it's funny because I'm running the beta on my watch as well. And I mean, I probably use my watch more than any, any other device at the moment. I'm deeply attached to it. And that felt like mm-hmm. a big, a big step to do that because you—they well, say you can't go back. You can go back the next time another version of the software comes out. But anyway, it's quite a commitment to to do that. But uh, I just couldn't not. You know, they'd been warning us for like you know the month of July that it would be out any day, and the fact that I was checking maybe six or seven times a day whether it was ready or not was a pretty strong indication I was going to load it as soon as it arrived. <laughs> But I'm loving it. I mean, Actually, I, I'm loving the fact that I can script it. You know, I've got a little script that opens up a different watch face in the mornings so when I wake up that's got a meditation timer on that watch face, and it all just happens. And it's, it's magic. It's great. Okay, let's stop talking about our little Apple devices yep. and talk about other
0: algorithms. Um, did you hear about the story with schools in the UK? <laughs> did I hear about
1: it? I mean, there's been practically nothing else on the news for the last week or so. Um, and I, to be honest, I haven't followed it in great depth. But I did, as other you know listeners to this show will know, I bang on all the time about the ideology of algorithms and how people have been, you know, frankly irresponsible in not getting the heads around what that means and what it, what the consequences are. And of course, it's become very apparent to an awful lot of parents that the algorithm, and that word's getting used all the time on the news, that the some combination of the government and the education department they're all blaming each other at the moment but certainly algorithms were involved in deciding who got a level passes and what type of passes they got and uh, so it's just suddenly opened people's eyes to the fact that this isn't some you know vague geeky i don't need to worry about it sort of thing it's something that actually directly affects your life you know
0: even if to be honest i mean from the little i read I mean technically it is an algorithm but uh, all they did was uh, adjust the existing votes they had with the the, each school averages or I mean they didn't it wasn't anything particularly sophisticated it's just that in a number of cases people ended up having lower grades that they had before and that's why they complained
1: well I think the contentious thing was that they included the previous school performance and it meant that, so for instance, one of my relatives got into Cambridge but she was the first person from her comprehensive school Mm -hmm. to ever achieve that. And if she'd done her A-levels this time, she wouldn't have got in because they'd have decided that the school was an indication that she was unlikely to have got that high a mark, therefore, blah, blah, blah. And so I I wrote a blog post about it the other day where I was saying that it's this sort of, on its own, looks relatively innocuous bit of information, but when that bit of information gets used in a different context or gets c- combined with another bit of information, it all of a sudden becomes less innocuous and, and has significance that you may not have anticipated previously. Um, so I think, I think that's my, my worry about the whole thing, that once you automate meaning um, and that then gets buried under process, Stuff just sort of happens. You don't like it, but you can't really work out why, and you can't do an awful lot about it.
0: In other news, now they say that not only Microsoft, but possibly also Oracle are interested in buying TikTok. Yeah. What do you think about that?
1: Who knew that Oracle was still going? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's... When you have the president of the United States wading in as well, it's quite a quite a mix, isn't it? And and politics in China and and I don't know, I don't know enough to be honest to make confident <laughs> statements about this. But I mean, they do seem to be being a bit over paranoid about things like Huawei and TikTok. I, don't know. I mean, I
0: mean I, how much? Have, I think know? that you know, as yeah. usual, we're dealing with an extremely complex situation on one side, it is true that, uh, there is plenty of Western applications that are not allowed in China.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So one would say, you know, okay. And then we block one of theirs and suddenly we are undemocratic. On the other hand, uh, I don't think you can really s- stop this. On the other hand, you have situation like the, the current challenge, uh, with epic and apple and google stores and uh, epic being funded by chinese company yeah and uh on the other hand uh, the fact that uh, if they stop the idea that if they prevent american companies from dealing with chinese company it would mean that uh apple would not be able to put wechat on their iphones which would basically kill the market uh of apple product in china because nobody would buy because i mean people buying an iphone to play an epic game is probably a pretty small number but people buying an iphone to use wechat in china is pretty much everybody yeah so there are all these intersections and uh and uh it's getting complicated and I think it's not just, I mean, I wouldn't simplify it to, you know, Trump being Trump. Um, I think that there is a way more complicated situation here uh, of uh, international relations and uh, how for a long time, large corporation got away without caring much about uh, human rights and you know, trying to prevent uh, governments around the world from from blocking and preventing users from doing stuff. And now it's happening, and now it's happening in multiple countries. So it's interesting.
1: And it probably, you know, it is a, a sign that the technology companies do have significant power and influence. And, you know, again, we've talked about this before, about how, Governments aren't, in many respects, keeping up with that. In fact, in some ways, you know, the the example of the algorithms in education we were just talking about or the tracking app in the UK that was a bit of a fiasco as well. I mean, there's just so many examples of where uh, governments and and politicians are just really not keeping up with what to many of us is now the real world. And, you know we've again touched on this in the past about where we're comfortable with decisions being made and, you know, whether we allow, if that's the right word, tech companies to make what in a sense are, are political decisions uh, or not, and if by intervening we make it worse. You know, it's a real interesting Catch 22 situation with a lot of this, that we don't want inappropriate or uh, damaging legislation, but we equally don't want them unregulated. And I, you know, I don't really see an easy way at the moment to bridge that gap.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Apple, Google, and the big companies will do because you know they are so big, so powerful, sitting on so much money. But I wonder how much. It's not so much how much political power they have, but it's how much political power they want to have Yeah, because uh, I think that a lot of the success of these companies is actually based on them Not doing anything. I mean being as neutral as possible and just You know trying to adapt to different situations, trying to make as much money as they can in every different uh, environment Mm And you know now that these environments are starting to to enter in a conflict between each other, now suddenly you know they will have to take some position in some situation. I mean, the Apple appeared to uh, I mean, they just threw out epic from from their developer program, apparently.
1: yeah, and uh, yeah, they're clearly prepared to take. In mean, fact, it's just fascinating imagining the meetings and the conversations that have to go on to get to decide things like that, you know, and going through the various consequences of things like that. I mean, it's the other thing that occurred to me, just as you were saying about the political environment. I mean, you know, goodness knows we don't want a war, but it would be, you know, the next war, wherever the next war is fought on any kind of large scale, is going to involve technology to, to a scale never seen before. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, it's not hard to imagine wars that will only be fought on technology platforms. And <clears throat> how, and this is why things like cybersecurity are mattering so much these days, because why bother putting your soldiers at risk or spending all that money on bombs so we can just pull the plug on people's IT systems? You know, it's, it's uh, power is going to be fought over in these spaces um, as, as well as regulated, which is going to be just fascinating, again, to see where the big companies sit with that which are global companies they don't want to get involved in in fights (laughs) you know
0: it reminds me of um a story i read many years ago about uh, venice when it was a a great uh, power in you know the mediterranean but all the way to to china and um, every time venice would and and Venice was quite uh combative They, they would go to war all the time yeah but their wars was they were essentially merchants. So their wars were always fought with the purpose of getting some kind of uh, uh, of gain. well you you could say the markets. same of
1: the British Empire, couldn't you, really, in terms of Hong Kong and India? and it was all about the merchants, yeah, and money, yeah.
0: And what I thought was interesting in this story is that, uh, by definition every time venice would go to war with somebody they always had an open channel of negotiation so mm. they were fighting a war on one side but they were negotiating on the other interesting. and they were and as soon as they would get to a deal they would stop the war so the the war was essentially just a a, a pressure point
1: interesting
0: and uh, and uh, this author was comparing this situation to what is happening today um where Usually the first act in a war is to shut down the embassy So basically we're we're done talking now. We're gonna we're going to fight and say but if you shut down the embassy, how you know, do you keep the conversation open? You almost have the feeling that you know, there's no point in the conversation Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if if you know when the next wars are fought when the next wars involve this very large corporation are we going back to trading wars where, essentially, yes, you fight, but the, you're trying to find a deal to some degree? And I'm not saying that it's necessarily better, no. but uh, at least uh, it's, it's still better than going to war with the only purpose of obliterating the enemy.
1: I find it an unfathomable mindset, really. I mean, I, s- I still struggle with well, what, what are they fighting over, you know, because there's no winner. I mean, how many wars have we seen that show that there's not really a winner? Um, or, in fact, the very, very Second World War, the losers were the winners. But um, in terms of Japan and Germany and their economies after the war, you know, it's 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 such a... We seem to be stumbling into so many things at the moment.
0: I think that for the first time we're stumbling into things at a, a scale yeah. we've never seen before. I mean, we'd never... I mean, yes, you know, there were the IBMs and the... And uh, you know other large American companies involved in World War II, but was nothing compared to what it is today. What I think is interesting is that the interest of this very large corporation is essentially peace. I mean, yes,
1: that's they they need uh, to be able to sell stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: exactly. I mean, Apple and Google want and facebook and everybody want everybody to be at peace so they can keep buying shit and and you know be happy and watch advertising and uh, yeah. buy more shit um so their interest is clear to find a deal and i wonder if this is going to have i mean regardless of what politicians say i wonder if these big concentration of Money, if not power, is going to have an impact that we don't see yet.
1: Well, just thinking about the balance or where the economic power in technology rests, because, you know, heading into, I guess, the last two world wars, technology or the fastest moving and the most advanced technology was was military and there was a exactly. vest, there was a vested interest in, in because they could sell they could make I mean, companies made vast millions out of the wars but this time round i was about to say um you know civilian technologies further ahead than military i'm not sure that's necessarily the case but it's certainly a far greater percentage of the available pot of technology spend that's for sure
0: well i i do think that these days civilian technology is the most advanced I mean I think that uh, a company like Apple or Samsung or these large technology company the amount of money that they sink in developing technology in developing hardware and developing chips is unprecedented and it's nothing compared uh, and it's huge compared to you know whatever they spend in military technology so maybe yes yeah. there yeah. is still there is still some very advanced technology that is but it look even space missions are private these days that's true i to mean it, extent, it yeah. used to be yeah. that uh, that uh, and if you look at uh, the competition between uh, spacex and uh, boeing i mean the the, the lockheed the, the the competitor i mean the the winning one is a private company i mean yeah. it's uh, it's uh, it's a, almost a consumer company. So, yeah, that is a, probably an under, another interesting aspect. Um, I think that most of these companies want, are going to thrive in a stable situation. Yeah. So they will use their influence to stabilize things.
1: It's hard to imagine. It just not, makes sense. It?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Apple could just buy the U.S. government. Just... <laughs> But I mean, I think they have enough cash. Just buy them out.
1: They're certainly better run. <laughs> or
0: they could do a joint venture. You know, Google, Apple. You know, instead instead of having two parties, you have two companies. You just vote for
1: your. Well, and this, this is something we've talked about before. You know, do we have more? Uh, can can we exercise more influence over? commercial companies through what we do or don't buy any more than we can attempt to vote in some pretty um imperfect voting systems these days it's interesting isn't it
0: well you know we vote for these companies every time we buy their That's products what I'm thinking. i
1: know i know uh, and uh
0: i guess it's, i guess it's a little bit more of a problem because i mean you, you, we definitely <laughs> we we, we do give plenty of votes to Apple you know we don't vote for Facebook or for Google you know you don't pay for their services so you're not really deciding you, you might decide not to use their services yeah. but that becomes a slightly indirect uh, route
1: yeah it's interesting, isn't it? it's kind of like rigged voting on, the <laughs> on their behalf
0: oh look they have just added um, west wing uh, the tv show on prime here in italy and and i've started watching it again and it, it used to be one of my favorite tv shows mm-hmm. in history but i haven't i mean i saw it the first season aired in 1999 so it's, it's 20 years old Gosh. Yeah. And it's still so good. I yeah. mean, it's written so well. The dialogues are so good. I mean, it's it's fiction. I appreciate that. You know, no politician, no one on the planet speaks like that. But it's still so good. I mean, if you like, uh, you know, there's plenty of fictional characters that that we like. I mean, if you like Iron Man and like uh, President Bartlett, um, I have to. I have, I've never to
1: seen a West Wing. I have to confess.
0: Oh, it's I highly recommend it. it it's 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 uh, it's so well written. It's uh, it's brilliant.
1: Well, we're we currently okay. as, as I think I said going through, ashes to ashes and like well life on Mars and ashes to ashes and uh, just again being blown away by that and the, the sort of profundity of it in some ways and uh, and it's 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 funny because I mean I, I'm reading a book at the moment about uh, how we perceive the world and the differences between conception and perception and the fact that most of what we think is reality is actually a concept. And it's the sort of stuff that once you start getting into mindfulness and meditation, whatever, you start to pick apart. And it is funny how these things all sort of start to come together because as some of the folks listening might know, my mother passed away last week and so we've been grappling with that, what it means, how we feel and, and dealing with some of the consequences, and uh, this morning was a really, really funny coming together where, as I say, I'm reading this book about consciousness, which has gone into perception and talks about quantum mechanics and talks about Schrodinger's cat and the Heisenberg uncertainty principle and how waves can be, you know, an atom or an electron can be a wave or a particle, depending how you look at it, all all that stuff. And then I go on, and this relates to technology, because I go into the government's uh, tell us once website mm-hmm. which I was slightly worried about because it says tell us once but before you tell us you have to get her driving license her passport number and her national insurance number and I'm thinking oh, okay so I, I do all the work and then tell you once <laughs> but in fact I, I then get into the website and the first question is are you the executor operating on behalf of the deceased or if not do you have the permission right so two separate dependent questions with only one checkbox choice between yes or no, right? <laughs> so I'm immediately feeling like Schrodinger's cat, Well, I'm thinking, well, I'm, 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 I, can't, I can't not answer, but neither answer's going to be right, because the first question hasn't been answered yet, you know? And, and then it become, became, became incredibly appropriate, because my mum once came home and told the family about a friend of hers who had built, who'd been doing Upper Garden, and had built two ponds with a bridge between them, right? And then wondered why we all looked at it and fell about laughing. Yeah. So (laughs) so you either wade through one pond to get to the bridge to go over the bit of dry land, or you use the bridge to cross the bit of dry land that you could just walk along between the two ponds, right? And mum never quite got why we found this so funny. So the combination of Schrodinger's cat the two points with the bridge between them and being asked this question that I can't answer without being wrong either way I answer it, um, was a colliding of many aspects of my life at the same moment. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I mean, it, 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 that issue about how we label things and what we call things and the fact that as soon as you have a database, you have to call them something. Again, loops back to the schools and what things mean and what they mean now and what they might mean in the future. And the book I'm reading is about the fact that we can conv- we, we we convince ourselves that reality, that the conceptual fiction that we make up, the process of labeling and seeing things as separate, we convince ourselves that 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 is reality. But actually, reality isn't. It's, it's complex. It's chaotic. It's all. It's behind that. It's underneath that. It's it's the oneness to to quote Buddhism. And we get ourselves in an awful mess and upset ourselves because of clinging to this fiction. And we do it because we think it gives us control. But it doesn't give us control, it just makes us worry that we're out of control. And it's a bit like the wars, you know. You decide who's good, who's bad. You decide almost randomly to fight over something. And the next thing, you know, millions of people are dying over over labels and stories. It's it's quite quite bizarre.
0: I'm I'm observing how the news are pretty much being all over the place in in Italy about the pandemics, um, because things have starting. Th- I mean, the numbers are growing again, not not as fast as you know the first round, but uh, enough to create some concern. Yeah, and I guess that. Um, You know there has for some time there was sort of everybody had a pace probably because uh, you know maybe because somebody might have said something at some point you know trying to rein in the press say okay you just can't go shouting over everything that happens it's not going to help everybody but uh, clearly that grace period is is expired and now it's it's again all over the place yeah and uh, you know, I I keep reading mostly reference to news in my in my streams, and you realize that uh, I, I think that uh, a lot of people are in good faith when they are reporting these things, whether it's. Uh, you know negating it is happening or it it is happening or it's terrible or we're all gonna die or it's nothing or it's just cold or it's just people coming back from holiday it's croatia it's greece it's spain or it's people or it's immigrants oh my god it's immigrants now immigrants are coming they they are suffering and and i can understand how somebody might get confused i mean (sighs) it's totally clear the fact that that you you start not believing in anything you're, you're yeah. hearing and uh, I mean I, I'm realizing myself that I'm sort of comfortable with uh, n- n- not understanding I mean it's yes. like okay yes. I, I'm getting all this information I don't need to make a decision I don't need to uh, it, it, most of the time I don't need to understand this but I think that to many people, there is this pressure to say, "Also, oh, is this good, is bad? Is it is going right. is going well or is going worse? And I, We have this pressure of, you know, we need to make a decision. We need to take a position around a, about something. When the truth is that, no, you don't. You can just sit yeah. there. Well, and you wait. can't I mean, in many cases. A, I
1: mean, that's the thing about the news. It gets people wound up about exactly. things that they can't actually do anything about or affect. It's, it's in fact, there's a book on my book list that I'm looking forward to. It's called "Stop Reading the News," and it's apparently very good and quite philosophical about the consequences and the uh, and the you know overwhelming upsides of not wasting energy fretting about stuff that you can't change. Um, because again, culturally, there's this you know it's a bit like not voting. You're seen as letting the side down or being irresponsible, or you know. And and I watched. Over the last few years, both my parents getting wound up by all sorts of things that were never going to affect them just because they had this sense of duty that they should watch the news at six o'clock. And, and they looked slightly upset, but I, I just would walk out the room. <laughs> you know, I, thought, I, just, I just don't want yeah, to hear this. You know?
0: I think that there, it's not just the pressure to watch the news, but is the pressure of taking a position ar- about yes. it. You know? So yes. where, where do you stand about that thing? And yes. it's like... Nowhere. I don't need to. I don't. You know, uh, I enjoy very much following the news, reading the. I mean, I, I, th- I find this interesting. I learn a lot of things, uh, but uh, I don't need to take a position about. Uh, you know, why you know half of Lebanon blew up. You know, yeah. it's like okay, I'm I'm reading these reports. It's interesting. There are many conflicting ideas. Um, you know, I. And I read the story about the country, the politics, the, the and it's interesting. I, I learned a whole number of things I didn't know before. I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to take a position about it.
1: And yeah, it's interesting as well, because I got approached about doing something with, with a knowledge management group. And I sort of sat and struggled over whether I would or wouldn't say yes. And I've said no, because I just feel disinclined to get back involved in that world of having to take a position, <laughs> you know, of having to label things, it seems such a waste of energy to me now. Um, I mean, that that may change. I mean, I'm obviously in a sort of odd hiatus with stopping driving and lockdown happening, and then mum passing away. And but it's in the same way as you just described your your own feelings, Paolo. I'm I'm increasingly comfortable with just being in that. Not irresponsible, not, not noticing, not not caring, but equally not inclined to respond to that obligation to take a position on things, you know, it's just find, finding everything interesting, I mean, it goes back to something we've talked about before, about just being curious about stuff, and staying curious, not wanting to pin it down, beat it to death, and stick it on a shelf somewhere, you know, it's just it's staying open to what's happening, certainly is a, a resilient way of looking at life, I think.
0: I think that it is probably the only way forward I mean given the amount of stimuli that that we yeah. Yeah. that keeps growing you know you need to you need to protect yourself y- y- yeah. you basically need to and either you go into you know you become a fundamentalist about something mm-hmm or you need to step back and let the thing flow and you know watch it and be curious about it and learn about it and uh, you know sometimes you have to make decisions Mm -hmm. i mean sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to to take a position and in that case i think that you're going to be much wiser because you have been watching the flow oh my god we're getting very philosophical about (laughs) this
1: and why not Uh, paolo
0: very zen (coughs) Anyway, I I think that I think that is helpful. I mean, it's something that I'm uh, I've been telling to a whole bunch of you know friends and family that that I meet, and they are all upset about things and say, yeah. "What's the point? Just yeah, just I step know. back. <laughs> it's it's not." A, yes, and and that's a, right. You're usually, this pisses them off even even more.
1: But I'm um, still not very good at explaining this concept. And it's getting worse, isn't it? I mean, you know, sadly, a lot of people use the internet as a sort of an outrage engine um, and don't protect themselves from that outrage. They indulge in the, indulge sounds like I'm making a moral judgment on them, but they, they get sucked into the outrage. And one of the other things that's happened over this period is that I've just sort of drifted away from Facebook and, um, you know, part of me misses it because I used to like the exchanges I had with people, and I'm very lucky. I've got friends all around the world, and it's been lovely when when I posted something briefly about mum that just really, really thoughtful and nice comments from from people like it, literally all over the world. And I'll be sorry, I, I am sorry not to be as engaged with that, but I'm not sorry not to be spending time in Facebook, um, or Twitter yeah, because they're increasingly just dissatisfaction engines of various sorts.
0: Yeah, but you're. I mean i don't think you're fully considering the consequences i mean for example i have, have no idea about the, st- the state of your cat
1: <laughs>
0: it was i i haven't seen a photo of your cat for a month now it was I mean, me thinking I, you
1: were about to make a serious point <laughs> <laughs> well no i uh, yeah it's interesting because I'm I am, <laughs> I'm troubled by this because I've been banged on about social this and social... Well, social was somebody else's word, but the potential to connect and talk to people, it seems a bit contradictory to disconnect from people. Um, but I think I'm, I'm more readjusting. I think it's part of, I mean, it is that balancing act between groupthink where you stop thinking things that you think will upset people or you stop saying things because you think they might upset people and you just can't face... What I used to call my Greek chorus of people who would just all bang their gums whenever I said something they didn't agree with, um, I won't be sorry to not have that. But the trouble is, if you move away altogether, then I'm just me talking on my own on my blog, mm-hmm. and what does that achieve? You know, apart from hopefully keeping me slightly sane. <laughs> that was a telling silence, Paul. <laughs> I think we should start, don't you?
0: And on this note, I think we can wrap up today's episode. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll see you next tune time. Tune in in some future episode. Thank Bye. you.